You've got the gift for the gab. I've got the gift for the gab. We've got the gift for the gab. So we ought to talk about that. I've got the gift for the gab. You've got a gift for the gab. We have the gift for the gab. So we ought to talk about that. Wow. Wonder of wonder, miracle of miracles audacity recognized my microphone wow that absolutely pissed me off last time I tried to record so much that I just have not even come near this situation in like a week uh which isn't new it doesn't take much to put me off of it uh have you ever just been so pissed off by the amount of cords in front of you that are disorganized that you just have to like burn your house down because that is how I feel every time. So luckily, uh, I've gotten a little more organization with the cords. I am coming to you live having my live LOL, having my mic in a mic stand, which is helping a lot already. Yeah. So last time I went to record this intro, there were cords everywhere. I was pissed. And then audacity would not recognize my microphone. So I was like, you know what? This is a sign from Ariana Grande that I shouldn't be doing this. So I walked the fuck away. I left all the cords the way they were. Whoop de doo. Hey, hey, I forgot to record who I am at the beginning. So this is me inserting the part about myself of who I am. Okay. I forget that I have to say that so that people know why I deserve to talk into a microphone. Hey, Thank you for coming to the podcast and clicking on my picture of me talking into a microphone. That's what I'm doing right now. My name is Andrea Entz. I am a comedian. I'm a comedian in Seattle. I'm also a plethora of other things. I like to call myself a jackass of all trades. Uh, I do, I'm starting to do voiceover. I'm an actor. I'm a, I'm a nanny. I'm a, I, my degree is in psychology and you know, who knows where else? Oh, I'm an Aries. Oh, I am those things. My birthday is in a month and three days. My birthday is on Easter this year. Okay. So while you're praising God's death, is that what this one is? While you're praising that, remember that I am praising myself. So Oh, so yeah, this podcast is just like a combination of all the things that are me, where I'd explore my background in psychology and my interest in comedy. And I like to interview people who are doing things that I want to do, or just people who I'm inspired by, or uh, just talk to myself. Some of the episodes are just talking to myself, but I've actually found that I like to interview people. So um, yeah, okay. Now, this is the part where I inserted, so I don't know if there's going to be like a disconnect where it doesn't make sense, but this is, so this is the end of the part that I recorded later, and I'm putting it into the part that I recorded earlier. I am so sorry. It's been so long to my three listeners that listen every time I put out an episode. I so appreciate you listening. It's, I do this because I've said this before, but I have been itching to have some type of release of vocal energy in the pandemic, which I used to get on stage as a comedian and talking to people in the world, which I, I, it it has been curbed a bit 
I've been doing Zoom comedy a bit more, not as much recently. And uh, just I have a job that's out in the world, so I get to talk to people there. And I'm feeling better than I was many months ago in this pandemic. What was I even? What? Why? I don't know. The point is, is that I never made this podcast to be like a viral podcast. No, I am very aware that the only people who want to listen to me, and I don't mean this in a negative way, are the people who love to listen to me already. So in order to reach my friends and loved ones that already love listening to me in different corners of the world, uh, different corners of the Pacific Northwest, I've made this podcast to just put my thoughts out to all of you at the same time. So yeah, it's it's just not it's not important to me. I would love to be a person who gets the podcast out to you weekly and uh maybe one day that is what this will be. But for now, uh I'm not trying to make it a chore and so it's out when it's out, okay? It's here we are. All right? That's all that matters. Okay. So, today on the podcast, I have two women who I so admire. They are so creative and so just go-getting and giggly, positive people that I love talking to and interacting with every time I do. So today I have Helen Wildy and Victoria Bradley. I met Helen at an open mic in Seattle and I think we, I I mean, I want to say we mutually found each other funny. I found Helen funny and, uh, Then eventually I saw Victoria at one of Helen's shows, I think another show we were on together. And Victoria is also a wonderful person to be around. So sometimes like Helen will be up and then Victoria and I are able to or have a conversation. And so I feel like I've gotten to know both of them since I've moved to Seattle. And then the pandemic happened. But and so now we're all social media supporters of each other. And it's so great to see both of their artwork in their perspective, respective, in their respective art forms. So Helen is a comedian, like a go-getter comedian. And Victoria does, I mean, would you call it fine art? Is that what you call it? She paints and draws and sketches and mostly nude figures of women. And it's very classy and elegant and beautiful, so beautiful. And we talk about some of the pieces that she gets into, but I mean, she is like painting. She's gone into this thing where she's painting the nude figures onto old articles of paper, like old laundry tickets and old French checks. Like it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And I, I can't even believe that somebody's brain is able to do this uh, and their hands are able to do this. It's probably the same way that people who can do that can't believe that mine and Helen's brain works in the way of doing, of forming jokes. And I mean, everybody can form jokes, but you know what I mean? That we're, we're constantly thinking in that way. My sister, my mom, my sister, my brother are all very artistically gifted in the, in like the physical drawing way. And I have always been around them seeing them do that and just like I ha- I mean you should see my handwriting it's a bad time okay uh not uh no I mean I 
I, and that's fine. I'm fine with that now. I wasn't when I was younger and they were so naturally gifted. Uh, and because now I've found what my gifts are and I don't, you know, I like to do, I just did a paint and sip virtually. You should do this with your friends. Why did I wait till now to do this during the pandemic? I YouTube like a painting tutorial. You can do Bob Ross if you want. And we had our wine and we went at the pace that we needed to, which was very slow. And we did virtual paint and sip. So I'm okay with, you know, doing a virtual paint and sip. Fine. I'll have that amount of artistic ability, but that's in, in, uh, creating things from nothing in that way, not really my jive, but I will say I am a very artistic person in other f- ways. I would say I'm generally, I'm creative in a lot of ways. I'm flitting from project to project. I'm taking on new hobbies. Mo- we've moved into a house and now I've gotten really into interior design and that has been so creatively fulfilling and also cost money. <laughs> this is my tip to you. If you're a renter, there is a thing called temporary wallpaper. So if you're not allowed to paint and you want to update your space and make it a little more personal or the color that you want or brighten up a space, go look at temporary wallpaper. It is a little spendy depending on what brand you're looking for. But maybe you have a roommate you could split the cost with, like your dog, maybe he make some money on the side. I don't know, but it's, it, I have added it to my living room and it feels like I just, it, it makes a house a home type situation. Um, and I'm just feeling creatively fulfilled putting the space together. Okay. So we have, uh, I have Helen and Victoria talking about their art forms, my art form. We talk about lots of different things and they're just so fun to talk to. They share their social media and the places you can find them. I'm going to list in the, uh, uh, whatever it's called below. If you scroll a little, I bet you'll see it. It talks about what happens in this episode. Bio description, episode description. Thank you. We got there. Um, the episode description, I will list their websites and Instagrams and things that you can go find this stuff. Oh my gosh. You want to be a fan of these, these, these gals. Like you want to be following them on Instagram you want to be purchasing things from Victoria and going to shows of Helen, like these, uh, they just, they totally inspire me. They totally inspire me. Okay. Okay. So a little bit before we get to that, I do have a mental health corner. Uh, there was a part of the episode where we all talked about planning trips and I cut it out just cause we went on for a long time about different locations and our actual, per- it just, I cut it out. I'm sorry, Helena Victoria, I'm sorry. I was talking to them in that section that I read an article that says that right now during the pandemic, just the act of planning a trip, even if you're planning it for like a year out, just in case, the act of planning a trip does some chemical shit in your brain and will lift your spirits a little bit. So like, go plan a trip, even if you don't have any intention of going on it. Like, go look at all the places you could go and plan an itinerary and you know, do it, do that. So that's my mental health corner. I, oh, I also wanted to add, I watched Maria Bamford, who is a comedian that is right up my alley. If you're listening to this and I'm up your alley, Maria Bamford is up your alley. She's so high energy unapologetically and is so open about her struggles uh, with mental health and how like she's come to terms with taking up space. Like it is so 
I am just in awe of this woman. Uh, so anyway, I was watching her show and she said that the suicide hotline, which I mentioned on an episode previously about that you should call it if you need it, has a 45 minute wait right now in the pandemic. Oh my God, that is so sad. That is so sad. I'm not telling you because I think it's sad. I'm telling you because Maria Bamford said, maybe don't call the suicide hotline. She says to call Domino's, <laughs> call a place that you are going to order something from and uh, talk to them. She suggested talking to them about your problems. Maybe just talk to a human, get your brain off your things and have an endorphin release uh, is my thing. Like try to call them for pizza, but then like start to try to relate to them and maybe they'll do that with you like and you can have a fun conversation but hey maybe you need that because the person you need to call has a 45 minute wait and uh that's too long for the subject at hand okay i've got a couple other new segments i've got nerd out with my bird out which i do on my instagram sometimes nerd out with my bird out I just wanted to share that I am in the process of teaching one of my birds to fetch. And every time I tell somebody that, they go, I didn't know a bird could fetch. I didn't either until I started learning more about training birds. Uh, Pretty cool. Pretty cool. I'm like almost there. Like he's almost got it down pat. He's dropping the ball in my hand most of the time. It's pretty cool. Go to my Instagram where you can find their Instagram and see the beginning stages of that. And that's a hard trick to teach. That is not just like some of the other tricks where it's like one step. It has been four different stages of training to get each action of the sequence. It's tricky, tricky, because it's a trick. Tricky, tricky, tricky. And my next segment is called Affirmation Station. Here's my Affirmation Station, y'all. Today, as I record this, It is March 1st. I cannot tell you how happy I've been that we are in March, okay? We have basically made it through winter. We have basically made it through winter in a pandemic. Are you kidding me? You did that shit. You did that shit. One of the hardest fucking things maybe you've ever done it was so hard winter is so hard and especially in the pacific northwest and 10 times more in a pandemic i cannot even believe that we had to do this but we did it we did it oh my god so just i mean we still got 19 more days left i'm literally counting down to the first day of spring but just if you are feeling down or whatever, if you need to tell yourself, bitch, you just made it through winter in a pandemic. Are you kidding me? Look at you go. Oh my God. That is so cool. You should be so proud of yourself. Oh my God. Did you ever think you would be able to do that? And I bet there were days that you said, I cannot do this and I will not do this. And then you said that even if you said that every day, You did it again and you did it again and you did it again and now you're here and you're 19 days to spring when the sun will come out tomorrow and the flowers will bloom and the animals will have babies and we will see the clouds part. 
metaphorically and literally. So my affirmation station is that you just did that shit. Um, and that's really cool. Honestly, you should be praising anything you're doing in this pandemic, including being in this pandemic. Even if it was messy and even if it's still messy and you think you're doing a terrible job, dude, you're doing it. Messy or not, you're doing it. I mean, I really have been loving celebrating every milestone in this pandemic. Like, you know, we, we did Chris, we did it. We did it. Like we did, uh, this section we did because breaking it down into smaller parts has made it so much more edible. (laughs) I'm standing by the use of that word. You know what I mean? Like, man, you did Monday. You did a week. Look at you go. You did another week in the pandemic. And you can take that. And there's some days that I do take that. Like, oh my God, you just did another fucking week in the pandemic. Fuck you, Donald Trump. You're the reason we're here. God fucking damn it. You stupid fucker. And then there's days I go, pat on the back and put some extra creamer in your coffee because you're pretty amazing. (laughs) Okay, so please enjoy my interview and discussion and chat with the two lovely ladies, Helen Wilby and Victoria Bradley. So, did you, y'all moved out there to, are you going to be there like after the pandemic? Because it looks like this is a pretty nice place that you're all settled into and everything. We love it. I mean, we, yeah, we love it. We, um, we keep going back and forth because, you know, we talked about moving back east and then we've been talking about, wouldn't it be nice to have people come and stay with us here at the <laughs> lake house when, yeah. when that's available? So we're, I don't know. We've really, yeah, we've been going back and forth, but we're sort of like either way, we're like, cause if the world doesn't open up, you know, it'd be really like, this is a really nice place to be like on yeah. Yeah. And, and if it does, it's like, well, it's a really nice place to have guests. Like we've yeah. been in this beautiful lake house for like- Maybe we'll give months. it another year. Yeah, we haven't house. really had anyone visit, so. Plus moving sucks. It's uh, It's terrible. But from y'all's Instagrams, it looks like you're in this hideaway in the woods. Wasn't, didn't one of you make a post the uh, Taylor Swift album was like based off of your window or something (laughs) like evermore was was recorded here so it is really woodsy and we're looking out at the lake right now and that's it's really nice um you have to come out you have to come out just sit around the fire pit yeah we we can get a six feet yeah yeah we can we can be safe to that do you have animals we have two cats is there one walking behind me right now no, I just am like, if you're at a lake house, you best have. You gotta get a bobcat. <laughs> if you're gonna live out there, you need something to fend off the bears. Yeah. We've gone bobcat. We have, she's making this joke, but we, there was a bobcat outside. We took a picture of it. Glorious and we've seen deers. Life. And what is the, um, like musk, what's like the muskrat of Washington lakes? It's called like a nozzle. N- what is it called? We don't know. But not I'm a always Googling it, never remember. that in the lake. <laughs> I haven't heard of this. Like a, it looks like a beaver. Looks like a beaver. If you can imagine a beaver with worse teeth than a beaver. It is worse <laughs> that's, teeth. That's what, it's terrifying. Yeah. Like a British beaver. 
Yeah, the like no big orange teeth though. It's disgusting. It was it scary. I don't look forward to like swimming. So come with swim. That. It'll be fun. Don't, <laughs> you know what? If you drink enough cocktails uh, we got, while you're floating, then you won't notice whatever swimming in there yeah, with you. We got the really safe and a yeti mug so we can like put in like a rosé Drinks. or a cocktail and like float yeah not anymore obviously it's cold and rainy but we in, nice the, in the summer we had like a business plan too that we were going to um uh make like a, a venmo sign that you could like float up and get a beer <laughs> at our dock we have like a little dock down a there little venture and also like we see paddle boarders go by and everything and like people in canoes and we were going to put up a sign like Venmo is five dollars we have the best picture of you you've ever yeah. seen like you look amazing it's right? like this looks you look great this is your new cover photo and for I think this idea really came up because Helen and I were taking pictures of people who looked amazing and we're like they probably want that why do we want that yeah, we were like I wish I could give this to you stranger but I don't know your number like don't oh my God. stop taking pictures of people who aren't asking <laughs> that, that is not that is a really good idea I would pay yeah. I would if I saw that sign I would pay you be like text what's your phone number I'll text this to you right now yeah, yeah. as long as you send back I'll send you the blurry version the pixelated yeah. version so you know for sure I have it then you'll send the Venmo and I'll send back the real thing. Helen dash and Venmo also they know where we live I mean you just come <laughs> That's a good point. So I'm wondering, I'm a sucker for origin stories, both romantic and career. So I'm wondering if y'all of course, super, yeah, really love the Joker. I know I'm not supposed to like be nice to white men, but I really, that movie got me. That was a story for sure. So if y'all want to share your uh, origin, like how did you get into comedy, Helen? Like the first time you did comedy. Okay. Victoria, we were talking a little bit about how artistic your family is. So if you want to share like how you got into your artistic yeah, adventures. Sure. Do you want to go first, honey? Sure. We had a couple of therapy today and she had to go first. So I had to I'm go first a lot. So. Love therapy. <laughs> my art started really young. My mom, uh, my mom's whole family are artists. My pap-pap is an artist and they were all art teachers and so when I was growing up, um, I didn't know that like not everybody could draw. It just seemed like like one of your skills that you had. <laughs> and um, I was in kindergarten. <laughs> we were just talking about this story. <laughs> I was in kindergarten and like we had our lunch ladies were in the room and they were like giving us activities to do before like school started again is that like your how teacher it must have been out smoking the more you I tell the story was, I'm like well, I think it was like what we came back from lunch and then there were like lunch ladies in the room with us anyway we were all cutting um construction paper into pumpkins and these lunch ladies were marveling over my pumpkin because it had no jagged edges it was like perfect pumpkin I didn't also like I didn't um cut out a shape of a pumpkin that somebody had drawn on this paper for me I just did it and they were like freaking out that I could do this and I'm looking around going well uh, uh, well sure because I don't know where these kids if this is the first time they picked up a pair of scissors but (laughs) these kids are terrible and And that's when she knew and then I like really started to take notice that like that I had like some born into me like art talents and then um 
you know, I was like, I did some art in high school. My superlative in high school was best artist. Uh-huh. Like scissor cutting as an art. But, <laughs> like, you know, that's what I knew I was an artist. It was like, it, so I started to notice that like, you know how you think like you, you were little and you thought everybody was funny and like, yeah. no, not everybody is funny and not everybody is like artistic. Yeah. And I started to learn during the pumpkins, (laughs) but, um, I didn't do art in college and I, and I graduated and, um, in like 2013, um, well, it's actually my cat, Doug, who's humongous. She got into a fight with a dog and she had to have a cone on her head. She was like a mess. The dog was in much worse shape. She won the fight, but I painted her in like 2012 or 2013. And that was like the first time I had painted anything in years. And I never, and I didn't stop. I made like a little Etsy page. I I figured out that like you were allowed to paint naked women. And I didn't know why, I still don't know why everybody doesn't want to do that. Like you, that's one of your choices. We're allowed (laughs) to like paint fine art nudes and that sort of became an easy specialty of mine. I'm just really inspired by figures and yeah. And then like during the pandemic, it really amped up for me because I'm not, you know, we're not being social anymore. So I used to, I've been getting up early for four or five years and doing like two hours of art before work as like a hobby, just something light that I would do. And during the pandemic, it's like morning and night. So it's become more of a become more of a job and also more of a focus for me I just mm-hmm. well I really amped up the art in the last year you're making money off of it I mean yeah. this is why I was initially wanting to talk to you guys you had those ornaments that were so beautiful <laughs> and they sold out faster than I could get to the page to try oh, I'll make you uh, one <laughs> I appreciate I'll make it. You, it was really it was they they sold out really fast I was really yeah. happy I mean, they sold out because they're amazing. I just, I mean, you know that, but it's amazing work. So you have a whole career besides your art as well. Yes. Oh yes. I'm um, my day job is I'm a brand manager and a publicist for Chris loves Julia. And Julia is my sister. She is an influencer in the home design blog sphere. Uh Chris loves Julia. And she, um, so she does home design, DIY, family things. And about two years ago, she recruited me to handle all of her sponsorships and publicity. And that's what I do. I mean, I was just on a call with them when we started here. So. And what was your day job before that? Victoria has a series of really cool jobs. She's really um, cool. I, I should have gone first. <laughs> realizing I was a magazine editor for 12 years in Pittsburgh. And I. Um, editor in chief. And I did that. And then really? just regional magazines, regional food magazines and things like that. For not 12. just, not just amazing. But I, I hear you trying to downplay it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's what I, but that's what I do. It was so cute. When we first started dating, Victoria was the editor in chief of this magazine. And she would put little like secret messages to me in it. Ah, rom-com. Mm-hmm. I was like, why ah, are you a rom-com? <laughs> Um, why don't you write the rom-com, Helen? It's a pandemic. It's time to yeah, write the rom-com. Yeah, I write it. Hey, I'm free. <laughs> I'm actually, actually, I gotta go write something. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so you're like kind of still building your 
artistic empire. Do you hope that you'll be doing that 100% of your time one day? I think that, um, you know, in five to 10 years, I would retire into just doing art full time. Um, right now, I love my, I love what I do during the day. And I love what else I do during the day. <laughs> you know, because I, I do art, you know, sometimes four hours, I'll do like two hours in the morning, two hours at night. And I work on, I have, I'm working on a collection right now. I really just scheduled this to get her free, <laughs> to get some Victoria time. Yeah, but I, I really like, just since the pandemic started, I started structuring it, giving art more time and then, you know, batching the artwork into collections and doing releases around it. And it's keeping me really inspired, but that's also my personality. Like I'm, I'm really structured and like mm. type A, so. Of course, I had to take like my hobby and not only like make money off of it, but like I formulated it into a job. <laughs> have a spreadsheet for your passion. Oh, there's there are several spreadsheets. Yeah, that's funny because you don't always see that personality type with artistic people. Sometimes you see artistic people who are very me messy. <laughs> which I've, I've tilted the camera so you can't see all of it <laughs> uh so Helen all right what was your first uh, open mic follow. it was the beer hive in Pittsburgh Pennsylvania it was 2012 so I went my brother Alan I have three big brothers they're all very very funny and um my brother Alan we've been talking about stand-up forever and he dared me to do it he was like, all right, maybe you bet that I would never do it. And I was like, meet me at the beer hive at 8 p.m. on a no. night. And I went and I did it. And Alan was there. It was really fun. And it went really well. You know, it's like, I don't think it always goes well the first time. So that was like terrifying. So I didn't go back for like a while. So I'd go back every six it months. Quite while you're ahead. I was just yeah. like, that was like, there's no, you know, it's so scary to bomb, obviously. And it was already scary to do it. And I didn't bomb. And I was like, oh my gosh, that first bomb is still ahead of me. So scary. So I didn't go back. <laughs> I, I would get like the nerve to go every like, I don't know, four to six months. And then I would go and then I was like obsessed with it, but also terrified. And then I started doing it like regularly in 2016. Did you have material written for your first mic? Yeah. Okay. Did you not? Did you win no, it? I did. I did. I just interviewed somebody who said they did not have material written for their first mic. And that's not the only person I've heard. They also have written. any like no clothes on. That's also <laughs> part of it. Hey, I didn't bring yeah. any money. Does anyone have my car keys? <laughs> 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 uh, so that's you so started doing it more regularly in 2016. Mm -hmm. And how often do you think now, I mean, pre-pandemic and during pandemic, how often do you think you do comedy? Um, before the pandemic, I was doing like five nights a week, I think. Yeah. And then um, around Seattle, shout out Seattle. <laughs> and then now I'm, yeah, doing it about the same, I would say. Wow, really? Yeah. Sometimes I, do I mean, what, it's really nice that you can do multiples in some days without, you don't have to drive to the heat, you don't have to go out mm -hmm. in the rain. It's like, most of them are an hour. I have one tonight. Most of them are like an hour. Some of them are long. It's like, it's nice that there's a cap on it. There's a time limit. What was that like you did like at noon? Yeah, I did a noon one. I, I, I did a, like a 1 p.m. And like a, there was a 10 a.m. or something like that. And I, I think part of it was the time. Of, yeah. mm -hmm. what, is, what is that so, word? So. 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 Stop. Do you, know, do you know how many time zones there are? are? 
in the world? Is this a trick question? No. No, I don't know. 12? Good 20, guess. 24. Is that? Oh. Listen, my sister told me this last week. I am going to be 38 on Sunday. And I'm like, <laughs> really? She, there's 24. And she's like, 24 hours in a day. There are 24 <laughs> time zones. And I'm like, well, there's only four in the United States. So where are all the others? <laughs> yeah, wait, wait, what's the rest of the Can world? you believe that? There are 24 time zones. Okay, yeah. but it makes a lot of sense. Now that you say that. Why didn't we know that? Also, you know, know what else makes sense? It takes, it's 24,000 miles what? around the sun. Is that true? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, that's why it's 24 hours one day. You go like 100 so miles an, an hour. A thousand miles an hour? Yeah, I'm not sure about the facts. On we don't this. know about that but one That yet. one is amazing and that one is true. I listened to an astronaut on a podcast and he was like, yeah, it's like, whatever it is. It's, I guess it's 24,000 divided by 100. Divided by it. It's about a thousand. It must be a thousand miles an hour. We must be moving at a thousand miles. I think we're moving at a thousand miles an hour. Again, if someone could fact check. Listen, that's a really even number, so maybe that's not true. That one, it's a little bit more, and that's why it's you know the leap years. I was gonna say, isn't there like a point something in there? Yeah. I'm learning so much. This is a topic I did not think we would delve into when I scheduled this. Okay. We're gonna zig, we zag. Very true. Very true. So, okay. First of all, I know that that is how hard I should be going at comedy. I don't, I have not gotten to that point where I'm like, I mean, I've only been doing it. I started in college and, and I was in college. So I was like tired. <laughs> and then uh, I moved down here and this was when I was about to go hard was when I moved down here. And then the pandemic happened. So also, we have no idea if it's going to translate like all of these mics and keeping in practice and doing all that stuff. We, we don't know if it translates to like, yeah, no, you're totally right. It's I, like the credits transfer to real life experience. Yeah. Now after this. <laughs> yes. Um, they told me in my AP class that this credit would transfer, <laughs> finish your AA before you transfer schools that way. That's my life advice. I, I will say the first time I did, because I was against the Zoom mics for a while. I was like trying to be, I was, that's not the same. It's stupid, boo, 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 boo. And then I was like, oh, you know, this is what it is. And if I, I was feeling the itch to talk. Yeah. People is what it was. And I did it. And like, first of all, it felt much more nerve wracking the first time than I remember even doing regular comedy. Just because like, you don't know for sure if you have the audience's full attention. Like you don't know that at a well, bar yeah, either way. Really <laughs> yeah, I would say you do know for sure that you don't. Yeah. <laughs> they, they're like way they're more like, distracted. They're at home. They can, they're muted. Yeah. They don't have to, they can nod if their cameras on. They are texting down here. It's like. And they're probably talking shit is what they're doing when they mute themselves. Oh. I just did a Canadian show, which was really fun. And the, the chat was alive. And everyone was just like, they were roasting all of the comments. <gasps> Canadians! Oh my God! Roast, it was amazing. I was like, wow, they liked me, I guess, because they, you know, made fun of my microphone. And then, like, <laughs> and it was like, and I was like, oh, wow. Because then they were like really going hard at people. And I was like, wow, this is some brutal, yeah. honest feedback. Wow. And, I was like, the chat is terrifying. <laughs> I just and they couldn't I, come for your material. They just came for your mic. So they came for my mic. I was like, take it. 
I um yes, there's nothing I, to say about my hilarious joke. <laughs> I helped Helen produce two comedy shows during the pandemic. She I produced like, more than that. I only helped with two of them. I was like, you're free. You're doing our you job. So <laughs> three jobs. Help me with my comedy. I was playing around with mute all. Ah. Uh. Because I was like, let's give them breaks for laughter. Mm -hmm. You know, because it's really difficult, it seems, as I'm not the one doing the comedy, to just talk into a microphone to dead air. It's like, so difficult. It's, yeah, I can't imagine. So I would like unmute everybody to like let them laugh. And it's just not, you can't, it's not like turning on a laugh track. And also, <laughs> You know, mute all is a thing because there's like TV going on. People are yeah. talking to each other. There's animals in rooms. Mm -hmm. The mm -hmm. audio, the feedback. So then the comic can like hear themselves like three seconds yeah. in the past. Yeah. How is that going to translate to post-pandemic world? Well, I have, I've been on mics where everybody keeps their mic on the whole time if possible. And I don't know if that's the experience. I mean, you must have by now been on a mic like that. But like, um, what I've seen is that, okay, let's not focus on getting a big audience. Let's focus on getting a, an attentive and respectful audience because then you're still getting laughs, but you're not getting hecklers, people who think that they're comedians, you know, comment because that, it's so much more intimate. People think that they, it's time to comment. And then, so then you not only have their comment, but you have the lag of their comment and it just throws off <laughs> the whole, like, beats of your joke and you're it's, yeah it's crazy also it's like you know everyone has been only socializing via zoom for like a year so all they're seeing is you and them it's like their family happy hour and they're like oh i'm supposed to respond now and it's like <laughs> oh just only laugh please that's what i feel like there are people like that have just never been to a comedy show in general like even at in real in real life outside of the pandemic I feel like there's people who show up to comedy shows and just don't know how the culture goes and they don't know they're not supposed to, like they think it's just drunk people yelling things time. I don't know. Oh, definitely. And it's in what you're saying is very literal because there were a lot of uh, friends of Helen's who she even like grew up with or went to school with who had never seen her perform. And they were like, we're gonna come to that mic that you put the link up to and we're gonna come to your online show. They literally have never been to a comedy show. Mm -hmm. And this is a, it's a really weird experience and they do think it is more interactive but they see somebody that they mm -hmm. know. Yeah, ex the exact scenario you're setting up is that people all of a sudden wanna see comedy because they have nothing else to do. And they go, I've been on shows where like one person brought like, 20 people accidentally because they posted it on their Facebook and all the people are kind of embarrassing the comic going Woo, in the middle of stuff and <laughs> like at inappropriate times like Ooh, yeah it makes my palms sweat <laughs> it's but true it's, it's funny you'll post on Facebook as an advertisement for the circle of people that you know care yeah and then there's like one or two people grandparents who go huh, that sounds like something I want to see. Uh -huh. I'm really proud of, okay, true story. One of the last mics I did, I was getting ready to go on and I see one of the names pop up on Zoom and it's my boyfriend's grandmother who's very religious. And then his mom pops up. She, I was more comfortable with because she's seen my comedy, but my comedy, I have a lot of crass jokes and I was about to try out 
a joke I knew was too crass that it wasn't going to be funny. I saw her name pop up and I was like, I cannot, I cannot do this. And like, I I just didn't expect, so I didn't do the joke. That has real world application right there. What you just did, (laughs) like that pivot is like, that's post pandemic pivot. (laughs) Well, it was like, they just should not click on the links is what should be happening. Like stop Mm -hmm. clicking on the links. It's not for you. But there's a difference. There's like my family who I don't really want to these things, but then there's all these people who I socialize with that I want to see. Like, I'm not going to stop advertising stuff just because. Right. right. And you want to like, you know, for the producer's sake, you want to like promote the show and like, you know, be a good part of the show and be helpful and bring people in. But it's like, you don't get to pick the people. who come Exactly. Uh, there's the other side of it where I know that this happened a lot more last year when the, all of this started, but there was this feeling that I had, no matter what I was, what was going on with me or if Helen was having a show, that it really hurt my feelings, the people who weren't there or who Mm. didn't show up because I would be like, I know you're not doing anything. It's not that you're doing, it's not that you're busy. It's that you picked something else to watch. Yeah. Uh, Like that really (laughs) hurt my feelings in the beginning and now I'm busy, so I don't. I I think people are so numb to Facebook event invites. Oh yeah. They all look the same. And like people with Mary Kay are inviting me to this thing that I don't, you know, so I think I have to be like individually. I'm sure that's what, you know, I'm I'm not saying you didn't do that, but okay. Helen, you were going to say something. Oh, I was going to say, it's also so funny. Everyone who's ever been like, oh my gosh, I wish I could come see you perform. Let me know when you're in my town. And then it's like, well, I'm everywhere now. Here's the link. Like, <laughs> or the people who, um, you know, you promote a show for a month that like I did this Christmas show. So fun. Laughing all the way. Victoria helped me produce it. And it was like, people were like, oh yeah, so excited. And then like, as soon as it ended, there'd be like five people in the waiting room. And I was like, I don't understand. Or like the next day people were like in the waiting room. And I was like, what? I don't know how to be more clear, I guess. Like oh. the time, the time is a confusion to people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was like, like I'm, I can't list all 24 time zones people on my poster. It's not big enough. What a good call. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you know what you made me think of is in real life, what the shows I don't want people to come to is the open mics. People don't get that an open mic is people trying new stuff, people trying it for the first time people who should be at therapy and not, you know, and are using the microphone instead. Uh, yeah. It's a mixed bag. They don't get that that's what, so I tell people, if you really want to come, I'm telling you this, be prepared to people watch. You might laugh. <laughs> yeah, that'll be funny. Yeah, that'll be really funny. I um, <laughs> did, I had not been drawing live since the pandemic started. Mm. Um, you know, available in any major city is like live figure drawing sessions that you can go and set up and there'll be a live model there and you can draw. And since the pandemic started, I hadn't done that. I had a woman come to my house one time, socially distant kind of doing that. But um, uh, one of my mentors was like, you need to be doing these online Zoom draws like with live models on Zoom. And I'm like, what? Like, what is the difference between like that and like using a photo? And he's like, you know, it's it's the energy. It's, it's really, it's, you know. So last week 
I went to a live figure drawing. Um, I think it was based in like New York and there were 15 of us or something. And the model um, did like five minute poses and 20 minute poses. And it was really fun. And I did a nice drawing and I posted it on Instagram. And the guy who organized it made a Facebook post with everybody's drawing from the class. And I sent it to Helen and I was like, this is the open mic of drawing. <laughs> I'm saying something that's so arrogant right now, but like, it was like, they were definitely practicing. Like, it was like the screenshot of Victoria. It's just like this masterpiece. In the it middle. was like the pumpkin was the only one that was cut out smoothly. I was Another so callback. And you know, I imagine that that's what it's like being at an open mic where you're like, I am embarrassed by the company that I'm keeping right now. I'm a better comic than this. Yeah. Well, and it's like, I mean, there's value, right? That you can still get out of that. But it's like, I, I, I totally hear what you're saying. 100. I had a great time. I had a great time. But I looked at it and I was like, wow. And I said, I said, I said it was the open mic of drawing. Yeah, that's funny. I had a good point and it's gone. Definitely value. You started it's saying so there's value I mean, to it. Even for sure. when you watch a bad set, there's value in that. Yeah. You know I mean, or have, yeah. or have a bad set. Yeah. And it's more valuable. But even seeing one is like, oh, here's why that didn't work. You know? Yes. Low stakes, right? You guys, you can work out your new material and yeah. like at an open mic. And who cares if it doesn't do well? We're just trying this, you know? Right. Yes. I remember what I was going to say is that I feel at open mics, it feels really bad. Like if you're the host or the feature and like there's young, I say young, uh, there's new comics who like that's their first time going up and then they'll like come up to you and ask you how they did or something and they'll tell you you did really well and you don't feel the same. Mm -hmm. And I'm just, I just, I don't know what to do. Like, I feel so I uncomfortable. It's really helpful because that happens to me too, to give them some constructive feedback. Peter, do you, did you meet Peter Arsenal? He was here for a sure. year. No. He, also, he moved here from Pittsburgh at the same time that we did. And he was also doing comedy in Pittsburgh and then was doing it here. Anyway, I was, we were at the underground one night and someone came up to him and was like, you know, was like, you guys had great sets. What do you think of mine? And he was like he had bombed so hard, it was terrible. And I was like in this, I like really was like, mm, just silent. And Peter, I really respected this and have now adopted it. Peter gave like, he was like, yeah, man. He's like, I would maybe drop the stuff about that. He's like, you know, tough. Anytime you talk about this, your like walls are going out. He like gave him really constructive feedback without being like, day. I mean, cause you know, you've bombed. Yeah. Some, some people some don't. People don't. <laughs> But some people don't know they bombed. Some people don't. Also, know. do you guys ever like, why don't you just throw it back on them and be like, how do you think it went? Like, mm. I feel like you were so good and you're like, how did it go for you? That's a good point. Cause then if they open the door to saying, I think it could have gone better, you could say, yeah, it, it always can, right? Bye. Bye. Like, <laughs> never right. give up. Real life applications right here. Yeah. I uh, maybe if I did give advice where it was like critical you could follow it up and say like but that's part of it right like we're talking about right now like you'll do it a million times and a quarter of them you wish you did not go to that mic but yeah that's part of it you're right how do you get better if you don't bomb the only way when did you know you were funny who me I mean how funny is this one <laughs> I remember because I my family's so funny like, I'm sorry, I'm definitely not the funniest person in my family at all. 
And my, I remember in elementary school, first, well, we moved to the States when I was young from Ireland. And first it was like, ha ha, I sound funny. And I was like, mm. <laughs> you know, I was really dealing with that. And then I realized, oh, I was doing an impression of Jim Carrey. <laughs> and I was in like second grade, I think. And Laura Steen, who I hope you're doing well, was so cool. She was like the coolest kid in the school. And she came up to me and she was like, you are always so funny. She's like, no one makes me laugh the way you do. And I was like, I didn't even know you knew me. <laughs> I'm so excited. I was like, oh, righty then. <laughs> ah, no, but, and so yeah, just, I guess people would just be like, uh, you're so funny. Yeah, people would tell me. And then in college, someone said to me, like, this blew my mind. She was like, have people told you that you're the funniest person they know? And I was like, yeah, a lot. She's like, no one has ever said that to me. I was like, I was like, people say that to everybody. And she was like, no one has ever said that to me. And I was like, oh, I just thought, like, that's something people say when they think you're funny. And then did people say you should go do comedy or did you find it? Counselor in high school told me I should do comedy. And I was like, I can't go home to my immigrant parents it's comedy can you give me a real I was like I'll be a funny blank you fill in the blank what is it doctor <laughs> I thought I'd be like a funny teacher you know or something mm -hmm. or like a funny dermatologist anyway and so and she was like no I think you should like be a comedy writer and she was like you should you know she recommended SNL like she didn't obviously know what she was talking about but I was like the first time I was like oh that's a real job that this person is describing to me and then I was like, that's crazy though. And so I ignored her for a long time. <laughs> and <laughs> I, to, I did try to become a teacher, swapped out. And then, uh, yeah, started years later. I didn't start comedy until I was like 30. I mean, I'll be 35 this year. And I really started doing it full time in 2016. Uh, like, that's the thing is like, somebody has to do those jobs. Like if everybody just went, oh, that's unattainable. Like that there's nobody doing that job. Like somebody has got to do it. Somebody's totally. doing it. Why not you? Yeah. Totally. When did you know you were funny? Oh, uh, when I was born. Born funny. It's the name of your fourth album. Steve Martin, right? Isn't that his book? Born, it's, uh, born, born standing, standing up. up. Yeah. God, I don't know. My family is really big. Like it's bizarre that we're not East Coast Italian family, but like the same type of situation where I just thought that was the culture and then yeah people told me I was funny I used to host the assemblies in high school oh, because yeah. we didn't have a theater department and so I was like okay I'll just do that because there, there's nowhere else to put it and then uh, I got to college and realized like oh I'd been writing and doing comedy the whole time writing those scripts and performing them and people were like, you should do stand-up. And they kept telling me that. And then I was like, uh, but I don't know. I'm still not sure it's the path for me, to be honest. <laughs> like, really? I don't know. Say that again. Don't stop. We love your comedy. Thank you. I won't stop. I'm not going to stop. I, I just, I get so tired. How, like, how do you, you're saying you go out five times a week. I'm like, man, I'm, I want to nap. So uh, Helen, you were doing temp positions. Are you doing that still? I am. I you am. Were, last time I checked, you were over by the Google Steps. You oh, were yeah, doing... I was doing geocaching. Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. 
I wish I could still be doing geocaching, but that's obviously, I was in the visitor center at the geocaching headquarters. It was very exciting. When the pandemic hit. When the pandemic struck <laughs> hard. And then they immediately closed down the visitor center, of course. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. And so I've just been, now I'm just peddling insurance from home. Ah, <laughs> I hear that can be, that can be profitable. Quite a buck in that racket. That racket. Tori's that's favorite what I always like to say. Say that again? There's quite a buck in that racket. Ah, that sounds like an English phrase. Like an old timey. I don't know what yeah. I heard that Let's on, but I heard of a pirate ship one time. There's a woman I interviewed two podcasts ago who is a, a theater creator, actor in New York, and she took time off and her other gig to make it as an actor was insurance. And she was just telling me about how like you can you sell to these people and then you become a manager of these people and whoever they sell to also makes oh, you wow. money and stuff like that. That's a Ponzi scheme. Insurance, a Ponzi scheme. Exactly. Helen doesn't think that's what she's doing because she's one of the ones who were underneath. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, good for her. She got promoted. No, I'm... She's a temp. I'm a temp. I am a temp and I do quite love it. Great. Yeah, I'm nannying. That is my, oh. that has been what I've found during the pandemic. I, I didn't ever, didn't ever think I would end up with small children, mm -mm. but I have my degrees in psychology and it just so happened that my classes that I took aligned with child psychology. Mm -hmm. And so it made me a candidate for this job. So it's been, it's been good. It's not my final destination, but I'll probably do it for a while. Plus I think I'm good. I think I'm good at it actually. Yeah. 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 Can you imagine, like, <laughs> like, I'm so impressed that these people have hired a nanny and, like, cared about that, like, your degree lines up with, like, child psychology. Because, like, my parents, whoever they had babysitting, <laughs> they were not checking credentials. It's no. like, Carrie used to babysit when she was, like, a baby yeah. herself. I was, like, 12, 13 years old. <laughs> it's like, parents today, really good looking good out for that. You know? My mom is a nanny. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my mom is the nanny for my sister's kids, and but she's paid and like it's it's official and everything. That's awesome. When do you think this? So, what's your prediction for how things are going to play out? Well, year? the prediction is fall, but that stuff will open up before then. Did you did you get the vaccine? No, but because I'm in childcare, I will get it in a couple more steps. Like back to normal in the fall, or like things start to open in the fall. I. I think back to normal, but we'll probably wear masks for longer than the pandemic is over. Yeah, I agree. I also think that there is, of course, there's like phases to when we say the world opening up, like we're, we're at 25% on restaurants this week, which is fun and exciting that restaurants are opening, mm -hmm. just great for the economy. But I don't think there's going to be an event no. like this like year. Concert, there's right? not gonna be a festival, a concert, mm -hmm. There's not going to be that this year. No. I can't even imagine this fall or winter. No, and you know what? It's like- Maybe an outdoor concert. I don't know. Those things get planned at least a year in advance. Yes. We, can't, we don't know what's going to happen, so nobody's planning anything. Right. right. We had Jim Gaffigan tickets we were supposed to do last December, then they got pushed to January, then they got pushed to this December, and I think they got pushed to next December already. Ours, wow. we, had, we had Nate Bargatze tickets, same thing. They've been built um, twice now. It's supposed to be in August, but I doubt it. I don't know. Unless he's been doing, you know, he did that drive-up concert. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know. 
Okay, wait. Uh, all right. Your origin story of the of two love? of you. Of oh, love. Um, love. Well, you know, we met in a beautiful town <laughs> called Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And we we had heard of each other for years because Victoria, on, a, in, on top of everything else you know about her, was like the head of the lesbians in Pittsburgh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like to run shit. <laughs> she put together a happy hour for lesbians and ran it for six years called Les Liquor Hour. And it was like every month at a different bar in Pittsburgh to show lesbians, like you don't have to just go to a gay bar, you can go anywhere. And to show business owners like, hey, lesbians will come here and they'll spend a lot of money. And like, they're not who you think they are. You know what I mean? They're not flannel wear. Well, <laughs> Sometimes it's in a flannel. Yeah, but it's cold. <laughs> it's cold. It's a good choice. Um, so I had heard of her for a long time, and on top of that, um, I had heard of her mostly even because she and I both love the band Hanson. We're both Hanson, and it's like <laughs> Pittsburgh lesbian Hanson band. That's us, you know. So like, really, just kept <laughs> there. Don't really like it's a niche. Yeah, I was so I was so pissed when people would bring up Helen because they would find out that I loved Hanson and they'd be like do you like Hanson do you know Helen and I'll be like you know what screw Helen (laughs) I'm the only one yeah I'm like I'm the Hanson fan in your life I don't need to hear about Helen you know and we, um, I was at a Taylor Swift concert. Same. Um, <laughs> August, 2018. Reputation tour. Right. Reputation tour. And one of Helen's, one of our mutual friends came and sat with like my group. And she asked if I had seen Hanson the week before at Heinz Hall. And I was like, of course. Yes. Yes. I was there seeing Hanson last week. Of course I was there. I was there. It's like, who do you think I am? And she's like, oh, you should talk to Helen. She's sitting over there with us. You know, she went there too. And I was like, don't care. Like, <laughs> also, Taylor Swift nice about Like, go she back to not. your seat. Go back to your seat. Taylor Swift is here. And then our friend Emily came back. She was in my group and she came back and was like, hey, I just went over. Do you know Victoria? I just went over to see her. And I was like, Taylor Swift is coming. I would love, I can't meet her right now. Yeah. And then the next day cut to guess who slides into my DMs. I know it was a Facebook message. Is that a DM? That's a DM. I, I messaged her and I said, so when's our Hanson off? Just no introduction. Like, let's just end this once and for all. The kind of energy she was coming in with. And I said, I thought you'd never ask. I'll clear my schedule. And, yeah. and then we had a little some flirting, some good old fashioned flirting. Yeah. And then we had a first date. And then- Were you talked all about Hanson? We did it, no, we ended we it. Talk we talked about Hanson for a little bit. For and like then we were like minutes. both like showing Nervous. off. Yeah. Like I was like, so what's your favorite Hanson concert? And, and Helen said Altoona, which is like obscure. <laughs> and like, I was there. <laughs> like I have been there. I was at that concert too. It was, I mean, Toronto. <laughs> like we, you know, just, we just tried to like out Hanson we each other like, for one minute. And then we talked about other stuff. Yeah. And then, and then she found out I did comedy and I was like, you knew that I, <laughs> like, you don't, you're not known for what you think you're known for. I was like, you know how many Hanson concerts I've been to, but not that I'm a stand-up comedian. I, I really know. was questioning everything in my life in that moment. Yeah, I didn't know that she was a comedian when we and, first went out. 
And she was, she was very excited about that because Victoria had I also made, didn't know if you had a girlfriend or not. Oh yeah, she kept asking me if I had a girlfriend. And I was like, I thought on we were on date. a date. She was like, so do you like, so when you're pri- like writing jokes, do you like find them by your girlfriend? Like obscure ways of finding out if I had a girlfriend. And I was like, well, I don't have a girlfriend. Do you? She Why are like, we here? I thought we were <laughs> like, I have a roommate and she, and I was like, do you sleep in the same bed? Like, no, are you okay? <laughs> Just checking. That's the whole thing. And then the rest is love. history. And then we yeah. fell deeply in love, and it was so lovely. And that was 2016? 2018. 2018. It's been okay. two and a half years. Yay. Yeah. And you moved across country. One year in Seattle. We had moved like we the moved, week of our one year anniversary. We moved in together like the week of our, and we moved across the country. And it's a lot. Oh my gosh. Here we are. Now we're, you know, yeah, I right. feel like I knew that. I feel like I did hear that one of the cu- first couple times I talked to Helen. Wow, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Taylor Swift concert? Are you kidding me? I know. And it was we both had our priorities in order because I was like, still want to meet her right now. Like I just want to be here for Taylor. I was like, <laughs> Taylor Swift is about to come out. We cannot. <laughs> and meanwhile, your friends are like, I haven't seen her since Taylor Swift. And like, thank goodness we had our priorities in order, and we yeah. aren't like you know. So what about your friends who were the whole time trying to get you to talk to each other about Hanson? Where they are they now? Felt like, they just felt like it made the most sense Yeah, we were finally together. We got so many messages, I would say from the lesbian community I, yeah. at large I that too. were like, it makes so much sense. People would be like, I've known you both for years and like, I can't believe I didn't figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's and amazing. I think that the people who were like saying all of those years to me, like, do you know Helen? They weren't like trying to fix me up with Helen as much as they were like just, just the voice just, of fate was no, they, I think that they were just like boggled at the thought that there were two Hanson fans in their life that like yeah. they knew two people who liked Hanson. So is there a Hanson? How, how do you not know each other? It's like they knew two shooting yeah. stars. They're like, please talk to her about Hanson and not me. This would be like like a I'm a bird. I have birds. If somebody was like, oh, do you know another? This other comedian has birds. <laughs> I could yeah. totally, I would feel threatened by that now that I say it, yes. Oh, but it yeah. would be exciting. You, you would either be very competitive with, with this comedian <laughs> or, an or you would be like in a romantic relationship. You yeah. would be like, I love you. I narcissistically love you so much. You're like me. <laughs> because it's two sides of the same coin, right? Yeah. Is there a Hanson shrine? We have a box of Hanson stuff. We're really conservative. <laughs> yeah, we have we have Taylor changed in the basement. Um, Taylor Hanson. It's it's funny because when we moved out here, we knew that we could pare down our collection. That we both have a physical copy of everything, mm-hmm. uh, and that we were like, like twenty five years of Hanson CDs. CDs. And DVDs. And I said, you know, anything we can't get on Spotify, you know, keep that. But we, and then when we um, set up, it was like pretty settled. There's a Harry Potter shelf, but there's not a Hanson shelf Mm. on the Uh bookshelf. There's there's more like a memory box of Hanson, but we... um, you know, we, we're, we're members of the fan club still, and we watch their, they've been doing live concerts during quarantine, and we, you know, we're still fansons. Yeah. I love that there's words for things like that. Hansons, <laughs> that's funny. Helen, there is, are you still doing this? I've seen some of them briefly. A week in hell, is that what they're called? Yeah, I took, I took a break. <laughs> but I'm about to bring it back. <laughs> so tell me about this and what it is and 
if you're bringing it back when we can see that. Well, I was really like, you know, really, I think we were all really invested in the news <laughs> over the last year or so. And so I've just been watching a lot of news and reading a lot of headlines and trying to be educated about what's going on in the world. And I've always been interested in monologue jokes. And actually it started um, when the pandemic first hit, SNL went off the air and mm -hmm. it stopped happening. And Victoria lives for the weekend update. I do, I love it. So I started like doing, and I was like, oh, I'm- She would write it just for me. So I would like write, so every Saturday I would do a little like weekend update for her in lieu of SNL. You know, <laughs> I had, you know, headlines, and then um, you know she was like, "We should record these." Yeah, and so I started recording them. Yeah, and I think there'll be one up this weekend. Okay, so we can find that, and then we can find that on your Instagram. Yeah, it's on my Instagram at how the Helen. And uh -huh. other fun thing where I have two like random words generated, and then I let the audience vote on a word, and then I do ten jokes about that, and then I let them vote on their favorite yeah. one: thumbs up or thumbs down. Oh. And then I turn that joke, like the joke that wins into a reel. It's just a writing exercise that's a, really funny. It's really funny. Yeah. And then Victoria, you have a new collection coming out soon? Next month. I am, um, right now I'm finishing up Valentine's Day commissions. Ooh. I took 14 commissions for Valentine's Day. I only take commissions for Valentine's Day. And I'm on the second to the last one, the penultimate. And is it and just people or all types of suggestions or is it usually figures? I, gave, I limited them to, I gave them a sheet to tell them how to pose. And then I also, they could choose between like graphite and chalk on tonal paper or charcoal. So like they all kind of look the same, which has been really nice for me because I'm in the zone with the charcoal now. But what I'm working on for next month, um, my sister Andrea is a professional photographer. I know, I know, <laughs> we're sisters too. You know, my sister Andrea is a professional photographer and she is shooting a series of like very dark, moody, dramatic still life. And I am going to paint figures on top of the photos. Oh. So it's like a sister collaboration. Her art meets my art. And I'm really excited about it. They're going to be different sizes. It's going to come out at the end of March, sort of like a spring awakening. Mm. That's what we'll call Ooh. it. Shedding of the skin. Yeah. Yes. I cannot wait to see that. And do you want to speak to, I, I was just so impressed with the these um, collections that you have introduced in the last six months to a year of these figures on French checks. And it started with the dollar, the dollar bills. Yeah. It was the, amazing. The dollar bills I did first and it was, um, you know, it's like a I, I saw a, a British artist paint on a pound and I, and it was, he like painted a Batman face or something. And I um, thought, <laughs> I thought that um, it would be pretty to do like a figure and I loved it and I just kept doing them. And then after that, I wanted to find something more rare to paint on. And I think that's sort of my thing. Like it, like the more like special the canvas is, I feel like I could, I could turn up the volume a little bit and make it even more special so yeah. the french checks came with like this idea of like it's still money <laughs> it's like you know like there's like it's like there was the, the dollar to the check was a nice transition for me and then i went into the ornaments mm. and now and then commissions and i'm doing these, these photo oh. and and you am just being reminded of this is that you were picked up you sold some paintings to 
anthropology. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, port they bought um, four four of my portraits, and one of them is of Helen. Yeah, you can buy, you can buy a, a big um, portrait of Helen in anthropology now or on anthropology. Uh, well, yeah. we are, I mean, trying to fill up our house with art and I have thought it would be lovely to have something that you've made. And so I'm either, you have your Etsy and everything, right? I have it. There's an Etsy. And also if you go to victoriabradleyart.com, you'll see information about upcoming collections. If I ever have anything available, I put it on there and then there's prints on Etsy and stuff like that. Cool. And then there was something, oh, okay. First of all, you have a sister named Andrea. What are the rest of your sister's names? Chrissy, Vicky, Patty, Julie, Andy, Christina, Victoria, Patricia, Julia, Andrea. Is that all weird? None of them, just Andrea. <laughs> I have a lot of sisters too. So I was like, okay. What are your sister's names? Uh, Jessica, Samantha, Ashley. And then I have three stepsisters that are Haley, Ashley, Morgan. Yeah. Two Ashley. It's like when yes. you're on The Bachelor and she's like, Ashley, I. Ashley, <laughs> Ashley. Well, lucky for me and them, it's all blended family. So I have an Ashley on this side and an Ashley on this side. So they never deal with that. I deal with oh, each other. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Well, actually, because I've moved into this new house, I've been getting really into interior design. Yeah. Um, and so I really want to check out your sister's stuff. How is it working with your family in that capacity? It's really great because we know how each other thinks. Mm. Like I work for my sister and I really can anticipate not like, like kind of like her responses to things and what she will and will not want to do. That's really nice. Um, Andy, my youngest sister, who's the photographer, she shoots everything for the blog and the website. So, and then my mom is the nanny. So it's like a family affair. Even yeah. my dad does all the grounds work and everything. <laughs> I think it's fun. I think it's fun working with family. The only thing about it is that I already work a lot of hours and now that I work with family it's like it's sort of like work and life has as an even thinner blur of a lie. Yeah. I was like, gonna say how do you say no when it's your sister and she knows you're perfectly capable of doing the things she's asking you to do. She's a lot more generous with my time than I am. That's <laughs> so, so I mean she she like will make sure that I you know am taking time and I I don't do that as often so it's pretty good. Well, I am like listening, and I knew this before, but I'm listening to you both talk about like how many ongoing projects you have constantly. And like, you are just like the women I aspire to be. Like, oh, just so nice. keeping yourself on track and like doing what you say you're going to do and like making it happen. Like, that's what I'm hearing from both of you. And that's just, that's amazing. Any social media, Helen, you would put your Instagram that you guys, or anything you want to plug. Yeah, your Instagram for sure. Instagram's a big one. Yeah, it's how the Helen or my name, Helen Wildy. It looks like Wildy. Yeah, that's where you can find all yeah. my upcoming stuff, really. And my Instagram is Victoria Bradley Studio. Perfect. Yay. Thank you guys for talking. Like, I loved picking your brain and just listening to your stories. And again, like, you just, you have so many balls in the air at one time and yet no balls at all. <laughs> this no male nude here. right here behind us. Yes, male nude. Did you do that one, Victoria? I did not. I found that one at an estate sale, I think, an auction or something like that. It's Love a, a nude. 
Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, we just collected it. And also I've been told, cause I didn't know that, um, that his penis is really small. My uncle was like, did you draw that? And I said, no. And he goes, cause it's not anatomically correct. I'm like, maybe it was for that guy. I don't know. <laughs> we don't know him. Don't know I've him. been told. I grew up with a grapevine. That's not what it looks like. <laughs> well, thank, thank you guys. so much for having us. Thank you for having us. You've got the gift right. for the gab. Have a good night, y'all. I've got Bye. the gift for the gab. Couple, the Hanson twins, the uh, Fanson twins, I guess. That's funny. Uh, it's funny because they liked, they were into Hanson. I was so into the Jonas Brothers. So into the Jonas Brothers. So into the Jonas Brothers. <laughs> Nick Jonas just uh, uh, hosted SNL. I actually think I'm going to watch it after I finish editing or recording this, whatever I feel like I have in my tank. And uh, I stand by the decision that I was into them because I was right. <laughs> oh my, don't tell me you didn't look twice. Whatever your orientation is, you cannot tell me that they are not objectively attractive. Two out of three of them. I'm kidding. Everybody's beautiful in their own way. And there were people that were fans of that one that I won't name. But we know which one it was. And hey, he's made a happy life for himself. He has a beautiful wife with children that also look like him. Hey, I don't think that everything is beautiful. But I do think that not being beautiful does not mean you're not worthy (laughs) of love. I think if you're ugly, you're worthy of love. That's what I mean. Okay. There is this creature. This is a perfect example. There's a creature that I just found in a Nat Geo magazine the other day who looks like a bat slash rat slash Dobby from Harry Potter slash gremlin. It has long fingers. It has long ears, but not bat ears. They're floppy Dobby ears and like white hair but not a full coat, like just old man wispies. And let me tell you, I am not going to say that that creature is cute, beautiful, adorable, because it wasn't. I have to be honest. I couldn't, it was hard to, I mean, I couldn't look away, but it was hard to look at. But I think it has a place on this earth. I think that it has probably other qualities that it's obviously evolved to be that. So it's, necessary for our world I think that it is worthy of love I'm sure that to other I mean it's made it this far so there's something mating with that which is another one of those so in their world you know they look at each other they're beautiful and that you know has some sort of metaphorical value to human life okay the point is is that if I was gonna play fuck Mary kill with the Jonas Brothers I know which way it would go it would end up being fuck, fuck, kill. Okay? Okay. Thank you for listening. I'm not going to kill a Jonas brother. I'm sure they're lovely people. I wouldn't even kill. See, I wouldn't even kill somebody who I thought wasn't a lovely person. Even. There. Okay? Nobody call the cops. Everything's fine. 
oh my God, I'm standing here with the mic in a stand and I'm saying things obnoxiously and I feel like I'm doing stand-up. Ugh. This is this feels closer to stand-up than doing Zoom comedy has been. Okay. All right. Well, you listened. Hey, find their Instagrams, Helen and Victoria's Instagrams, and their websites and go buy their stuff. At least go admire their stuff and give some likes share their stuff. I share Victoria's Naked Women on my Instagram all the time because they are too good. Okay? Too good. Okay. Um, You can follow me on Instagram at Andrea Entz. You can follow my birds on Instagram at, oh, I just changed the name from Zuko and Tonks, which was heartbreaking because Zuko died a long time ago. And it's now Budgie's Tonks and Marty Bird. So you can go check out their Instagram. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. So, and then you can follow me on Twitter at Andrea Entz. All right. Thanks, me. Oh, wait, no, I can't do that because that's the outro for uh, the Jason Bateman one, Smartless. And they got that from Alaska, which I'm sure is from just gay culture in general or from something else. So I have to do something else. Um, I've been Andrea Enns. Thanks for listening this to my gift of gab. And I'm sure you've already stopped listening. Bye. <laughs>